I'm David Scarlettescu. And I'm Mitchell Vallenberg. And welcome to Back to the Scene. A home for movie lovers that want to stay up to date on all things entertainment. If you're a super fan or a casual fan, we got you covered. We cover TV, movies, and all things relevant to movie pop culture. So sit back, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get back to the scene. Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Scene. Uh, we are going to be talking about some news and some new things that dropped, and one of them being the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, Mitchell. Yeah, come on, David, get a little more excited. James Gunn's back, Guardians of the Galaxy. How can you not love this? Wait, so, so refresh my memory. James Gunn got dropped for Guardians 2 or Guardians 3? Three? 3. 3. So, But he's back for the holiday special. Yes. And he's back. he back for three as well? Yep. They rehired him. Interesting. Yeah, it's a bit of, do you want me to just go through that story of what happened? Yes, please. The <laughs> drama. I love the drama. I'm actually, the funniest thing about me is I love drama, just not my own drama. I will eat up <laughs> drama for other people. Okay. Yeah. So basically what happened was a resurfaced tweet from like, I guess probably now it's like 15 years ago that James Gunn did. I forgot what it honestly was. But anyway... It was like deleted. Some people like resurfaced and it was kind of offensive or is offensive to people. And Disney's just like, yeah, we can't have that and just fired him immediately. No questions. No, nothing. Yep. That yeah. was it. Um, and then basically all the other studios are like, well, that was a dumb decision. Hey, James, come work for us. <laughs> so basically it was like an open bid. I'm like, come work with us. You can work on all these franchises. We have all these like IP you can work on. And eventually, or he ended up getting sold on Warner brothers and he ended up making the suicide squad and peacemaker with them. Oh, the good suicide squad though. Not the first one. The second one. Yeah. The, second the one. suicide squad, the suicide squad kit. Thank you for yeah. the separation there. Yeah. Cause I did, I did watch that one on the plane back from London. Actually didn't think it was that bad. It was good. Well yeah. done. Cause like, and then afterwards, uh, stuff like the actors, like Dave Bautista is really vocal in like who plays Drax was very vocal, like wanting James Gunn back. He didn't want to do Guardians 3 without James Gunn and like Kevin Feige and like had a great relationship with James Gunn. They eventually convinced Disney to hire him back to do the holiday special and Guardians 3. Very cool. So we watched the holiday special. It just dropped. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? I thought it was great, especially cause like, I mean, it's a holiday special. It is It is exactly what it needs to be. Like, I have a feeling for whatever reason that, like, people are thinking, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's got to be big. It's got to be explosive. It's got to have, like, jaw-dropping things. There is a little bit of a jaw-dropping thing, but still. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. We're going to spoil the episode for those who haven't seen it, by the way. So, if you have not seen it, pause this podcast right now, go watch it, and come back now. Okay. So... Just hit it with the jaw dropper. I, I want to hear if it's the same thing as mine. Well, that Mantis is Star-Lord's sister? Well, that was a big one. I actually have a How is that not the big jaw dropper? Or like the big like, I have surprise? A, I, have a weird, I have a weird one that I thought was like an is, interesting is, surprise. Is it Cosmo the dog? No. It was the DC crossover mention. Oh, pff, that's not fun. He mentioned Batman and Bruce Wayne. I was like, What? Does that happen in Marvel ever? Uh, well, there was a time in like the Punisher TV show you saw Batman backpack in the background. Interesting. No, because I'm just, I'm, I just like I, I know sometimes. I, know, I, thought that, I thought that was I oh, that was interesting. In Internals, one of the kids says, "Are you Superman, Tigris?" Oh, okay. Or something like that. Interesting. I just thought it. Was, I thought it was interesting because I thought that was that was an interesting kind of crossover moment and uh, and event. Um, 
The thing is, like, it seems it's like in each DC and Marvel, they sometimes reference each other's movies. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I think, like, in, like, the CW, like, Arrow and Flash, they make mention, like, Hulk and Spider-Man, like, several times. Okay. Fair enough. Not that big. But yes. Mantis, Star-Lord's sister. Such a heartwarming moment at the end there, too. Mm-hmm. Where she was so worried. It's classic. You're so worried about it, and then it, it, it ends up working out. I got to get into one thing, though. It's weird that it bugged me as much as it did, but it just did. I don't know why. They already had all of the like the actors necessary for it. Why did they animate the Yondu like m- Christmas moment at the very beginning? I think it was just to like make it like uh, kind of like that animated classic Christmas like telling style, Christmas like Frosty the Snowman kind okay. of style. So I, I think the that. purpose of that. I, I mean, I was I was I was I was wondering that. I was just looking at it and I was like, you have all the actors necessary. It can't have been that hard to do. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, they could have, kind they of could have done story. it. It would be kind of cool if they didn't like clay, like claymation. Well, not claymation, but like that old like Rudolph or those reindeer Santa Claus oh. coming town like like stop motion style yes. yeah, would yeah. also work. But honestly, that's probably really expensive and time it consuming. probably more expensive. So probably like, oh, let's just animate it instead. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, honestly, I thought like <laughs> it's really funny to bring up, but the musical experience at the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Fun. song was a banger. <laughs> it was. I think, Such a good song. I believe that was like that was written for, like I just felt I was reading on yesterday that it was like written for the holiday special. Of course, but so, it had to yeah. be. You know what? Only that song in most recent Marvel projects that they've done like on Disney Plus, only rivaled by It's Been Agatha All Along. That was a banger. Yeah, it's it Been was. Agatha All Along was stuck in my head for a week after that banger dropped. But no. Holiday special music was absolutely on point. Well, also James Gunn, like the score and sound, or not the, like the score, of course, but like the saw insert songs for his film or whatever even TV shows that he does. He's very like specific and deliberate and picking like the right song for the right moment. It's true. And like, it's not just like a song that like, oh, that's a good song and it fits well. It's like they all like hit in a certain emotional chord and just elevate the scene. It's true, and he he picks he picks that like specific genre, and it's interesting. I actually, for the longest time after watching Guardians and Guardians Two, I would search up on Spotify the the soundtracks, and I would just listen to all these old bangers that he picked for them, which obviously like goes into the fact that when Quill was a kid, they were like current songs, and that's all he listens to mm-hmm. now. But yeah, really good movies. I'm like wondered like for Guardians Three because now he's got a Zune. What kind of music are you playing for the third movie? Didn't he get the Zune at the end of Guardians 1? 2. He got it at the end of 2? Yeah, at the end of 2. At the end of 2. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think it'll be updated? I guess a little bit. It'll be, I mean, it'll I, I, to I, be, maybe it'll be like early 2000s kind of probably, stuff. That's when MP, MP3 players dropped in like 90s or 2000s? Uh, probably around 2000s. I, I had my first MP3 player when I was like 7 or 8 years old, I feel like. The thing is also, though, I'm like to consider is like, Probably, I don't know how much Peter Quill's music choice was saying it would, would change because, like, in a B3 player, you still have a bunch of old songs on. Yeah, he probably may like, he might go in diverse and go into the 80s, but, but it's still thing, probably he was more ha- like he was handed an MP3 player that has the music already on it. He's not downloading it, right? I know, but he said, like, I don't know, it's got like 500 songs. I don't know how much yeah. number of songs it has, but songs. like, there's a lot of songs to choose from, so he'll probably pick the ones that are kind of more similar to his genre. Yeah, you would imagine. But yeah, honestly, wholesome, like you said, exactly what you would expect. It's not an absolute like movie banger or blockbuster, but 
was cool. It's exactly it's, it's, it's exactly what it's supposed funny. to be. Yep. It was funny watching watching Mantis and Drax tear up Los Angeles was just <laughs> hilarious <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, and just the 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 my favorite is Kevin Bacon running through the street and them just like leaping over each fence like next to them and Drax's laugh is just unbelievable. Actually, I think my favorite moment is when piercing all the christmas lights light up he's just like it's all this happy wholesome moment and then he sees the present come out and he's a big oh you guys and then he just sees it move twitch a little bit and that look on chris pratt's face star lord's face he's like oh my god what have you guys done <laughs> yeah yeah it turned that whole that wholesome moment and the the happy feels into oh my goodness what just happened so nope that was a good one what else is happening in pop culture this was, a, I guess, a week back, so it might be old news, especially if you're listening to it right now. Um, what's happening in Disney? Well, um, the former CEO, I guess, yeah, former CEO now, Bob Chapek, was kind of let go. And Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, is back in, who, who was a CEO of Disney pre-2020. So, like, I forget how many years he actually was a CEO of Disney, but the for quite OG, a while. The OG quite Bob a while. is back. Yeah. So yeah, so we're going to refer to them by their last name. So when we say Bob, you know exactly who we're talking about. (laughs) So Bob did this and then Bob did that. Yep. Anyway, so yeah. (laughs) Basically, yeah, the, the... I don't really know exactly like what Chapek did on like, say like the park side of things or like any other like avenues that Disney aside from like the media and TV and film kind of area. But like... Unfortunately, like, I mean, he came to the position like during February of 2020, like literally right before the pandemic, like spread across the world. So like, that's obviously not an ideal time to become a CEO of Disney and an, and an entertainment company that relies on like filming and production and like theme parks and all that. We need a bunch of people together. Yeah. Um, so not ideal, but still like to be a good leader, it's like how you lead through the difficult times. Yes. That hey. shows that you're a good leader. But anyway, wartime generals. <laughs> yeah. But so like things that he did that like weren't exactly in my opinion the best choices were in Disney and like their film structure they have like they have different studios so it's not like just Disney you have Marvel Studios Lucasfilm Pixar Walt Disney Motion Studios Walt Disney Animation Studios I think those are the correct names correct me if I'm wrong um, and they all have a studio head that's in charge of coming up with the content that they're supposed to create and where it goes. They report directly to the film president, which was at the time Alan Horn, and then that goes directly to the CEO, Bob Iger. So, you know, it's a great idea that Bob Chapek wanted to put in. Let's put in more middle management positions to for his like business finance buddies. So then the studio heads now have to go report to someone else who tells them what to make, where it goes. Do you think that would be the responsibility of the creators and studio heads? Like, I understand like you should have like a, a business perspective of it because the goal is to make money straight yeah. up. But Bob Iger is always in the belief that the people, the Imagineers, they call them at Disney, should have that creative control and freedom. Because, like, also, too, like, you're the head of a studio. You think you should know how to, like, balance checkbook or, what you know. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're, in a, if you're in a managerial position, you're going to have some kind of knowledge of fiscal responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's one of the things. Also, let's not forget the whole Scarlett Johansson debacle. Right. Like, okay, because Scarlett Johansson took less of a paycheck or... Yeah, paycheck on Black Widow because she would get back end points on the promise of box office, virtually equity and and royalties from the box office. Yeah, yeah. So when you drop it on Disney Plus the same day, that drastically reduces the amount of money you're going to make at the box office. Obviously, and also 
this was COVID times yeah. as they were coming out of COVID. So already the box office numbers were going to be less. And then yes. to drop Disney Plus on top of that, can't even imagine. Yeah. Plus like the Warner Brothers, well, they did a, Warner Brothers did a whole thing. That's a whole other discussion what they did with their movies. But with Wonder Woman 1984, Gal Gadot and the director Patty Jenkins were also going to have like that back end deal with the box office. But Warner Brothers made a deal with them when they released it on streaming day and date that they would get like a certain payout. Scarlett Johansson, they did not do that. They just, they just left, did it. They just left that out. Yeah. Left that part out. So then, of course, just like, it's not about like, sure, like, oh, Disney basically, like when Scarlett Johansson came out against them, because this is honestly ridiculous. They're just like, oh, Scarlett Johansson's rich. She doesn't need the money. Like, are you kidding me? Like, isn't she like was, ag- well, she was like a, agreed to do a project for this amount of money. You basically get screwed over. Yeah. She yep. technically deserved that because that's what was properly negotiated. That was in her contract. And yep. like Disney completely destroyed, like violated the contract. So she is owed the money that she like signed for. Oh, correct. Yeah. Or at least like a portion, like you said, they did with Wonder Woman, at least a portion of the streaming numbers. Yeah. Because, something like that. Yeah. Or just, just here's a check for whatever we think you would have got. And they keep more from the streaming than they do from the box office. That's the thing. So yeah, but you paying, make you're not paying the theaters. significantly less. Of course, like sig- like a, like you you make like if it's pay per view, like you pay twenty five bucks to rent the movie that like comes out. If the numbers is drastically lower than it is from box office and theaters. Yeah, because, not even I mean, comparable. A, a family a family of four or whatever that would go to the theater would generally pay what like forty five, almost fifty bucks, and then concession on top. Mm-hmm. But if a family of four wants to you know, purchase it, it's $25 for their entire family. Also too, 50%. A little bit of how, uh, going to the finances on how films make back or what the budget is and how much a movie needs to make. It's the production budget and marketing budget combined. And as well, you have to like times the, uh, box office by 1.33 to, to make up. Cause the theater takes a third of the ticket prices, right? Yes. So they so, have to make, they have to make all that back ideally. Yeah. Yes. So like the break-even point, say like we got, um, well actually James Cameron actually was talking about how Avatar has got to make $2.1 billion break-even, which is definitely, there's no way that's possible because no studio would make a movie for like a billion dollars. The only way <laughs> that Avatar needs to make 2.1, did he say? 2.1 billion? Something, 2.1 or 2.2 billion. Okay. The only way that that happens is if James Cameron's hourly rate is like $100,000 an hour. Well, I looked at the budget of the movie and it's only $250. Sorry, $250 million. Oh, okay. I was like, wow. <laughs> $250 million, which is an expensive movie to make. Yeah, it's funny us saying that only, but at the same time, when you think about what went into like Avengers or like, yeah. you know, all those big movies. Like, I mean, three, around the $300 million is an expensive movie, but yep. $250 million, it's expensive, but like... Pretty reasonable for a 10-year project... Yes, honestly, I'll, yeah, project. yeah, but like at the same time, like the studio, you can't just keep throwing money at something. Even though Avatar was at the time, and I guess still is the highest grossing box office film adjusted in history. Adjusted to inflation. Uh, yes, adjusted to inflation. Yeah. Um, still, Actually, there's no quite. way. I think Gone with the Wind is adjusted to inflation the highest. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. Gone with the Wind is adjusted to inflation. I meant like not Avatar, not counting inflation. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. I just messed with my head a little bit. Yes, Gone with the Wind is adjusted for inflation. Avatar is just. I guess all time. Anyway, Avatar is all time. There's no arguing that. But yeah, still, there's. Why would you? Even though you'd think Avatar two would make a bunch of money, you still want to keep the budget at a reasonable price. Yep. Two hundred fifty. I honestly, 
is a reasonable price, I would say probably for that's Avatar subtracting too. marketing budget though, of course. Yes, right? marketing usually films are in the hundred fifty million dollar range. That's actually bonkers. for that for that kind of movie. You, well, yeah, I mean, you got to get the, you got to get the word out. At the same time, the brand equity Avatar has, like, I feel like you you'd... you can like, I mean, some films can get away with like fifty million. They have not amped, they have not ramped it up yet, though. Apart from a few like news they, articles they, they, that have dropped, they like, dropped a new trailer this week. Of course, yeah. But apart from like a few trailers and the news articles, I haven't seen ads or anything yet. I guess they're going to run that usually a bit closer. Two weeks before, would you say we're starting to see it more? Or? Yeah, we're actually pretty close. We're going to see it. Like honestly, I feel like we're going to hear it. See, like in the next like week, we're going to have to see a huge avatar like marketing campaign push. Like yeah, usually, you don't usually see like ads till like it, two weeks. When before. does it drop? I think December sixteenth or seventeenth. December sixteenth or seventeenth. So just okay. just a little over two weeks. Do we have our tickets yet? Nope. Tickets came, tickets, well, I looked actually this morning and our theater only three tickets have been sold for the 815 and... When did they go on sale? Monday they did. Okay. So we got time. We have tons of time. There's, yeah, our theater will probably be fine. But it's... <laughs> uh, we live in a small town yeah. for reference in British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> like literally uh, I was listening to people that like in LA trying to get tickets, an absolute nightmare. It's sold out. Yeah, pretty much. The thing is like, like in big cities too, they add show times. Yeah. Like the week before but it's usually at kind of obscure times yeah um sometimes they do have extra theaters through that they put in like the new big release for so i mean if you're constantly checking you probably can still get tickets and i mean if you're in a medium to small city i don't think it'd be that much of an issue also if you are in a if you're in a large city there's usually little outskirt areas that have theaters that you can probably go to that you might yeah there's more than one theater don't go don't go to downtown obviously but i mean like yeah even like big cities they have like and here in canada we have Mostly Cineplex is dominating for sure, without a doubt, is the number one. But we also have Landmark, yeah, and then I guess the rest we have like mostly little mom and pop shop theaters, private private theaters, obviously, yeah. And then whereas you know down our neighbors down south is AMC dominated most likely, yeah. And then Regal, however, there's a whole thing with Regal them like you know getting bankrupt and all that. But anyway, Regal's also was really big, and I guess that they sell a bunch of Regal theaters, but unfortunately a bunch are shutting down because apparently here Regal's really good. Okay, so Avatar, yeah. Coming soon. Excited? Oh, yeah. Should be good. I haven't seen, like, the first Avatar in a long time. I got to rewatch it. Yeah, I was, so I watched it again in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... It was really good. It it aged extremely well. Uh, story still phenomenal. I'll probably watch it again right before I watch Avatar 2. Just, again, I want that fresh, fresh in the mind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great movie still, and can't wait for the next installment to see what they do. Yeah, I know. Like, honestly, like, James Cameron's like one of those directors that always seems to like want to push the boundary of visual effects even farther. Because, yeah. like, Terminator 2, like, if you watch Industrial or Light and Magic on Disney Plus, they go through and break down um, the technology that they did to create like the uh, liquefied effect of the T-1000. Have you seen Terminator 2? Yes. Oh, God. It's good. I, okay. was about, I was about to say, <laughs> the ter- Terminator is one thing I have caught up with. Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Terminator 3, seen those. Seen Terminator Salvation. I didn't watch the newest one, but I've seen all the other ones. I have not seen Genesis, and I yeah. have not seen... Dark Fate? Is that the, the newest one? I think one? it's called Dark Fate. I'm going to fact right. check that, but I think fact it check. is. But I have not seen that one yet. I don't know. I felt like it got to the point where it is dark fate. I felt like it got to the point where they were just reaching a little too far. And honestly, salvation was okay. Comparatively, 
the the first three were just phenomenal. I thought they were really well done. I don't know if it was necessary to continue making them, but I understand how it works with franchises and wanting to continue to so more at sometimes wall. like the hard things with franchises is you want to stay close to the original and spirit and feel, but you also got to like break new ground yeah. and it's really hard trying to find that balance. And I think, and I think that's what was difficult too, because they wanted to bring back the characters that everyone loved. So they brought back the original actress for Sarah Connor and they brought back obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger for the newest one. Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak much on it, but I know that the audience reception was not the same or not as good as they were probably hoping for. And again, an example of trying to do fan service and not doing it well enough to actually live up to the hype. You know, actually one thing I really liked about Genesis was I did like Amelia Clark as Sarah Connor. So I haven't seen, while I haven't seen Genesis, I did watch a lot of like review videos on YouTube just so I could tie it into when I was rewatching the entire series to hear like, Oh, where did everything kind of come together and everything. And I've seen like some of the fight scenes, like the Arnold versus Arnold uh, in Genesis and everything. But yeah. 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 So where we probably went off way off track. I don't even know like what the order of where we're talking about Bob Chapek and then all of a sudden we're talking about Terminator. <laughs> oh right, because <laughs> we just went way off. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what that's what podcasts are. Like. I guess so. On to next news. Um, Blade has a new director. Mitchell. Yes, he does. Or he yes, they, <laughs> Blade. <laughs> Yan. Demange. I hope I'm not butchering that. What do we know about Yann Demange? Um, well, he directed a lot of foreign films. He's French. I really? personally, I'm, I haven't seen them, so I can't really say personally um, whether I think he's a good director or not. But honestly, if Marvel, they have a very good track record of finding good directors, finding so right I'm people. not worried whatsoever. Um, I did see when I was looking through his filmography that he directed a couple episodes or maybe his entire series. I don't know how many episodes, but he was directed part of Lovecraft Country for HBO, starring Jonathan Majors, um, who actually plays Kang in the MCU. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's also going to be in Creed 3, too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I did see that. Creed Creed 3. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe they've made a third one of that. That Rocky franchise just absolutely took off, hey? Yeah. Well... I mean, Rocky Fran like, I mean, it's one of those, one of the biggest franchises way back, like, that gotta started be. franchises. Gotta be. Absolutely, it has to be. And that Sylvester Stallone story of how it started is bonkers. If you don't know about that, definitely look it up, because it's very, very cool how he actually made that screenplay come to life. Um, but yeah, back to the Blade director, I think, I think you're right. I don't think Marvel and Disney are going to pick the wrong person. I have not seen the original Blade, I have to be honest. Really? Yeah. So it, I haven't seen two or three, but I've seen the original Blade. Yeah, so I have I've not seen it. Um I, I I know that I know that it got bad reviews, but again, there's lots of movies that I liked growing up that got bad reviews. The Ben Affleck Daredevil. Um Have you seen the director's cut of Ben Affleck's Daredevil? No. Oh, it's so good. I just saw the one on VHS. That's the th I mean, that I'm not so much on like picking like director cuts or director versions because usually in my mind, like the theatrical version is the definitive version of the movie. Except for Snyder cut. That's a completely different story. Yeah. <laughs> or the Richard Donner cut, which is also a completely different story. Yeah. Anyway, the uncut or director's cut version or whatever, Daredevil, it adds like this whole new like subplot of like um ben affleck's matt murdoch's like uh lawyering adventures i would guess with foggy uh, and it just it just helps kind of connect like the um and happy path hogan. on like oh yeah happy hogan as daredevil or as, sorry, as foggy, <laughs> foggy nelson 
great. Oh yeah. It's just, it has a kind of like a little more, like I made it connected the dots more for me on like how they took down or Fisk legally through Wesley and stuff like that. Oh, okay. it just, and just, I'll, have to, I'll have to watch that then. Cause honestly, it, it, I'll be perfectly honest. Growing up, love the movie rewatch. It was like, okay, I can see how people think this is bad. Um, however, it still serves a nice, warm spot in my heart the same way like a fantastic four does the fantastic four movies get a lot of hate but i, I know them. i don't i don't hate them as much actually i i, I kind of like the first two yeah. the the third one or i guess the remake i don't hate as much people do i really like the like the first hour of it because it really kind of felt like an interstellar meets fantastic four kind of thing right and then when they get their powers it kind of goes, goes off the rails but <laughs> <laughs> fair enough uh but yeah so blade blade i think I think it's gonna be cool to see a remake um i will definitely watch it i'll probably watch the original before i watch the remake as well i don't know if i'll go as far as two and three um because it doesn't really tie into the story the third one has ryan reynolds in it does it really it does my gosh hannibal king that, that's his name what what universe is matt or is ryan reynolds not cracked into like he is in almost everything <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah I mean, Green Lantern, Deadpool. You know, that's a movie that I kind of actually enjoy is Green Lantern. I like Green Lantern too. <laughs> Gets a lot of hate, but honestly, rewatched it, still liked it. I don't I think, I don't think it is a disaster as most people call it. And they keep like egging on and making it sound so much worse. Like, so many- you got, there's some movies I got to show you if you think Green Lantern's a bad movie. I mean, yeah. if you don't like it, that's totally your preference. Like, everyone has different but tastes. But you're wrong. Everyone's got different tastes, but like, but you're wrong. No. Um, <laughs> but on a serious note, like it's, it's one of those things that I just, I don't think it deserves the hate. And it's one of those movies that got hated on a lot early on. And I think people are slowly starting to come back. It to doesn't it. break new ground. And it just kind of feels like it's just kind of like, I don't know, just, just generic, I guess maybe. But it's a standalone film. I know, I know but it, still. It doesn't have to factor into the Justice League, right? In its moment. Yeah, I, I think guess. That's what I guess people were kind of like bummed about. But at the same nah, time, I just think it wasn't really DC at the time. I don't know. I just don't. People just didn't, didn't didn't dig it. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. People also didn't dig Amazing Spider-Man, and oh. now look how loved Andrew Garfield is. So, all of these movies will have their moment. <laughs> they will have their moment. Mark my words. Green Lantern has a huge comeback in the Flashpoint movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! What else can they add to that movie? What is going on with that movie? So it it I guess no new news, but we can touch on it. It's coming out in June. It's coming out in June. They have no choice but to put it out because of how much they've absolutely like poured into it from a financial perspective. Yeah, people are like worried again. It was going to get canceled because, um, long story short, with Warner Brothers, uh, it was bought by Discovery. Kind of weird thinking Discovery buying Warner Brothers. Discovery is the credit card company, isn't it? No, like Discovery, like Discovery Channel. What? Really? Yeah. Discovery Channel. Bought Warner Brothers, yes. That's so backwards it feels i know how is the discovery channel that big (laughs) i know is it owned by blackrock or something what is going on david zasloff's a ceo but anyway what uh okay (laughs) they bought warner brothers from at&t yeah and basically making a lot of changes sorry at&t owned warner brothers before that correct (laughs) i know okay another fact that like nobody knew or maybe (laughs) just me back of the day holy okay so discovery channel shark week buys yes Okay, so Shark Week now owns DC. Correct. (laughs) Okay. So King Shark is going to be appearing in Shark Week next next, uh, year, by the the way. The new villain that's also going to fight, because Kong and Godzilla is Warner Brothers too, right? Yes. So there's going to be a giant shark that's going to be the next (laughs) villain in that movie. Um, 
Anyways, so they bought it. Yeah, and basically they took a look at what uh, Warner Bros. was doing before. So like stuff like they canceled Batgirl, Wonder Twins, um, well, I guess more DC. Uh, also canceled a Scooby-Doo movie. And basically that there's films that were going to be made for HBO Max streaming service that they weren't like of the caliber to be put into theaters but they also aren't good enough to put on streaming. So it's just like this middle, just middle maybe sweet spot. <laughs> middle sweet spot of shit. Like, <laughs> Apparently, the, the background movie wasn't good from what people I heard hear in the background. Well, yeah. So like, they just don't want it to tarnish the brand. And Which sucks because they, they put a lot of time and money into that before they scrapped it. Too. It was modest. Like It wasn't a big budget film whatsoever. No, but, um, but millions. They, they wrote it off, so it's never getting released. Fair enough. So they get it back a little bit, whatever. Okay. I don't know how that works. I never had to do that before. But <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of waste of time. Um, but yeah, they scrapped it. Everyone was so heartbroken over it. I mean, actually, I do like... I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like characters that are like, you know, rip-offs of like... Or there's rip-off of other characters kind of thing. Um, but I did kind of like the Batgirl character, like in the Batman the Animated Series cartoon and the Batman Animated Series as well growing up. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting, but... There is one positive thing that comes out of it is the Blue Beetle show that was only supposed to air on HBO Max got promoted to a theatrical release because apparently that movie is good enough to be in theaters. And I'm actually really excited about because I thought Blue Beetle was one of those cool characters that I liked growing up, like the uh, Jaime Reyes character. Are you familiar okay, with Blue so, Beetle? No, I was just going to say, so this is this is a, the, the super fan versus casual fan moment. So enlighten. Okay, Blue so Beetle. Blue Be- well, there's a whole history of Blue Beetle. Um, originally... It was just a guy like, in a, okay, it's a guy in a suit, kind of like Batman, but goes by Blue Beetle. He's like a billionaire tech guy. Okay. Same kind of thing. So basically like- And then there's a second- bat a Blue Beetle. Yeah. There's okay. like a, then there's another one, Ted Cord takes over the mantle, and then Jaime Reyes, I believe that's to pronounce his name. Sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced, Jaime. He gets this like scarab that I guess, I think, what, the second Blue Beetle, or was it the first one? I so forget. Like, ha- the they found this like scarab- like no, the Moon Knight like Scarab. Well, it's kind of like this like scarab that like you get this armored suit. It's like an alien scarab oh, that like it okay. latches onto you. Kind of like the Venom symbiote, but it's kind of more like a tech-based Iron Man suit. Okay. So it's like Venom meets Iron Man. Interesting. So anyway, this kid Jaime gets attached to it and takes over the mantle of Blue Beetle. And I thought it was kind of cool that it's kind of like Venom meets Iron Man. And he's like a high school kid, so it's also kind of like Spider-Man too. Sweet. Well... I am never opposed to more superhero movies, so yeah. happy. Plus, it's played by the same uh, guy who plays Miguel and Cobra Kai, which I know you haven't seen yet. <laughs> I haven't seen the original Karate Kid. <laughs> that was yeah. oh, that was also should be part of my like honorable mentions. Anyway, <laughs> I've seen the Jaden Smith Karate Kid. Doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man! Never say never. Yes, I will say never to that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I don't mind for that Karate Kid. It's just I like the original so much more. That's why. I don't know, man. Young Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. I do like Jackie Chan. But I can't speak because I have to watch the original before, That's I can, true. before I can have a solid opinion. I am an advocate of not crapping on movies until you have seen them. At least once. Well, yeah. If it's terrible, you don't want to like torture yourself and watch it over and over it and over. That's how terrible. Maybe sometimes you want to watch it again. Actually, sometimes there are movies that are like so kind of like, ugh, that is kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, like Superman just does not fall in that category for me. I'm happy <laughs> I've seen it once. So let's say that I've seen it, I'm not watching that again. <laughs> But I actually watched it like rewatched it like twice last year, not two years ago. 
How? Well, the thing is, like, Superman was, like, the first comic book movie. So, like, Lex Luthor was great. Poorly played. I Oh, he's, like, the highlight. Oh, I thought he was terrible. I thought he was, like, he was an idiot. Well, I would say, I would say, like, he was clever, but he was also just, like, dumb. I don't know how to explain it. He was, like, smart because he knew how to do kryptonite, but it was just, like, it was goofy done. It felt like. It felt like a sitcom rather than a superhero movie. I thought maybe because of Otis, his like henchman was kind of goofy. Yeah, he but, was like, just an absolute idiot. But yeah, I thought I thought the humor between Otis and Lex worked pretty good. It was I, maybe for its time. I don't know. It didn't do it for me. Okay. Um. But yeah. Now you're like evaluating like when Mitchell said the humor hold it up in Back to the Future and Ghostbusters and Superman. Does that really mean I should watch those movies? Uh, well, I gotta watch. I gotta watch them. They're classics. You gotta watch them at least once. Again, can't uh, like you said, you can't crap on a movie until you've seen it. Mm. So yeah. Anyways, I think that's I think that's a wrap for latest news right now. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything else. Oh, to- Avatar's being released in China the same day. Interesting. As, uh, like, there hasn't been so that many opening big weekend's sh- going to be bonkers, is what you're saying? Yes. However, like, the thing is, you kind of want to, don't want to, like, compare worldwide box offices for all movies because movies open in different countries at different times. So, like, for example, Spider-Man No Way Home, I don't think opened in China the exact same day as it did. Um, I don't know. I want to double check. I want to fact double check fact that or whatever because now I'm second guessing it. But like, movies open in different countries at different times. So if you like check the opening box office, will be it's not really fair because like say if a movie opens in China the same day as ever as for the box office, the rest of the world, be yeah, it'll be like ginormous compared to like say a movie that had a great domestic opening but not worldwide because China didn't release it. Black Panther had an unreal opening did they open it in china as well at the same time or i'm not sure okay because that when i saw the black panther numbers the wakanda forever like mm. unreal like you want to just look at like domestic box office opening yes, to compare because it's just united states and canada yeah is domestic oh canada is coupled in there yes. we just we sneak in there yeah i was, I was kind of like domestic i thought we'll i thought it was just like 10 percent. not yeah we're not even not maybe. not not compared to the states but yeah but we are considered canada is considered part of the domestic box office both United States and Canada. It's strange. I always like, because like whenever I like did the tracking, I always like look, I'm like, where the frick is Canada on box office mojo? But I'm like, oh, it's part of domestic with the States. Gotcha. Ah. Gotcha. Well, that's another episode of Back to the Scene. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, guys. And we'll see you next time. And that is a wrap on this episode of Back to the Scene. Thanks for listening. It would mean the world to us if you left us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you're listening. And if you guys want to reach out for anything, whether it's questions or ideas for the show, please make sure to hit us up. We'll have the email and all our socials in the description of this podcast.